Welcome to Subjectively Correct Sports with David Henderson and Anthony Montague. Hey, David. Oh, hey, Anthony. I try to make it sound like I just, like, that was just like us running into each other. We did. We're just out on the street. We happen to find each other every, I'm not going to say what night of the week we record because I want people to, like, know where we're at. But we're on the street, so it wouldn't matter. Theater of the mind. Um... Sometimes this show does feel like we're just making it up on the spot, and that would largely be due to the fact that we're making it up on the spot. Speak for yourself, man. Oh, have you, like, contemplated what you're going to say beforehand, and, like, you've been in deep thought about the issues of the day? Do you not think about the things you say? (laughs) (sighs) So this guy in South Africa... Uh Uh-huh. In 1997, he stayed on top of a bowl inside a barrel. Like, think of a, a like a whiskey barrel. I know you're familiar with those. Or like a barrel you would ride over Niagara Falls. Like Raymond Holt, I am quite the connoisseur of Coopers and their craft. I don't know what you're saying, but... That was a Brooklyn Nine-Nine reference. <laughs> okay. Three people got it. And the three people that did get it loved it. <laughs> so... He stayed in a barrel. His name's Vernon Kruger, and if anyone can stay in a barrel, it's a guy named Vernon Kruger. I feel like Vernon Kruger is also a guy who would slash your face off. Yeah, I think he was a villain in Die Hard. Probably. Uh, In 1997, stayed in a barrel on top of a pole, and this isn't like a 10-foot pole. It's an 82-foot pole. I wish I knew why you were laughing so much. (laughs) What's going on? I'm sorry, but the way... What happened? It was just—it was perfect. The way you were just like, I think he was a villain in Die Hard. And then you just moving on. It was so perfect and so funny. I was just going to let you keep going, but I couldn't hold it. That was, yeah, sorry. 67 days on top of an 82-foot pole inside a barrel. And all he has in the barrel with him is a hole. And there's a pulley system so people can send him food and maybe a change of clothes, but that would require him changing inside the barrel. Uh, and there's really not a whole lot of room, and I don't really know how he washes himself. Maybe they send a bucket of water up. Anyways, that was in 1997. That was like, he didn't even know what he was missing with the internet, really. Okay? Memes weren't invented yet, David. Fast forward 23 years. Good math. Good quick math. <laughs> I thought you were up in the air for a second there. You got the 20, and I was like, he's almost there. <laughs> He's almost there. I was getting ready to hype you up. You got this, bro. And no one has broken his record, his Guinness World Record, right? Because, like, it seems like one of the easier records to break. I mean, once the barrel and pole are in place, because if you can have people just, like, sending you up buckets of food and, like, maybe take a book, right? Like, get a long, like, get a a Brandon Sanderson book. Take you 78 days to read. Right? Um, 78 glorious days. November, book four. And, uh, anyways, it seems like, like, why isn't this guy in Idaho who breaks a Guinness World Record every week? Why isn't he, maybe because he 
have to spend like six weeks trying to break this record, right? And, yeah, and that's and, like and that's seven. That, yeah, that's like seventeen records he wouldn't be breaking. <laughs> right, so he yeah. breaks two a week, it seems like. Anyways, this record has gone unbroken, and I don't know if anyone has tried to break it or not. But Guinness was like so bored with his last record that they're like, "Hey, can you do it again, but for longer?" They approached him. They approached him. They were like, "Your record is okay, I guess, but could you do it again?" That's like, babe, your wedding vows were nice. Could you rewrite them? <laughs> And so geriatric Vernon Kruger uh, decides to ascend the pole again. And he stays there for 78 days, 23 hours, and 14 minutes. First of all, dude, another 46 minutes, and you're at 79 days. And then you're almost at 80 days. And then you're almost at 100. So I question the effort a little bit. Uh, But 78 days, 23 hours, 14 minutes, and 132-gallon barrel on top of his pole. Also, he had to be helicoptered into the pole, which I guess, like, my first concern was how stable is that pole? Because it's literally just like, like, if you were looking, like, at a basketball hoop outside, like, it's like that type of pole. It's yeah. not super thick. Yeah, and 25 meters in the air. Yeah, meters. What? I'll, do you want me to convert it? No, it's fine. I'll convert it real quick for just, everybody. That's that's fine. We're looking at meters to Why, but feet. I, it's 82 feet on the screen. Why would you... That's fine that you're converting it. I don't care. Good for you. That's 82 feet, listeners. <laughs> Is it exact? 82.021. Okay, so not quite. Um, <laughs> okay, here's like, he already had the record. He didn't have to do this, right? But this is, do you think just like every 23 years, he's like, I've had it. Can't deal with it anymore. Going up my pole. Uh-huh. And it's just like a good, you know. Two and a half month vacation. It's like a cleanse. Away right? from everything. It's a cleanse. Yeah. You know? Like, you know, people that go on like juice cleanses where they don't eat any food, they just drink juice. He goes on a people cleanse <laughs> where he just goes away from people for a while. Question. Except he's completely dependent on them to, to, to right? do, use his pulley system to get him food. <laughs> so we watched a clip of this guy. First of all, the narrator, I don't know where he was from, but he was hard to understand. Oh, yeah. Well, this happened in South Africa. So it sounded like someone from South Africa. But it's like, it was like the computer voice, South mm-hmm. Africanized. So, yeah. So it's like if uh, if Siri was reading something out loud, mm-hmm. but in a the man, South African Siri. Yes. That would be weird. And a very less intelligent version. Whoa. Like audio to your notepad on yeah. Windows. Yeah, yeah, version. yeah. Something yeah. like that, something like that. Get yeah, out it, of my office version. <laughs> Good set of office. Mm-hmm. I get it. But anyway... Did he, like, take books up there or, like, a cell phone, like, a Nintendo Switch? Like, what was he doing up there? Well, he couldn't do a Switch unless he had them, like, sending him replacement batteries or something. Maybe a charged one every time he was done. Yeah. But there there was nothing in the story about what he used for entertainment. He did say he had to basically be in the fetal position inside the barrel so his back hurt. Um, Just stand up, bro. Problem solved. I could do this is this, thing. Is this like the closest any modern human has been to like, well, okay, I guess there are kings. So that's a bad example. But like, not just any king, but like the king, like that doesn't do anything for himself. He literally is 82 feet above everyone else. Everyone's like looking up to him all the time and they're like sending him food in a basket, right? He doesn't do anything. Tom Brady. Anthony, finish this phrase for me. If it ain't broke, let it ride. Okay, this is really going to work better if you decide. Don't fix it. Thank you. 
We'll edit that in post, maybe, okay. if I'm feeling froggy. If it ain't right. broke, don't fix it. Well, MLB is thinking it might, in some respects, be kind of not as good as it used to be, so change everything. It's so funny for a sport that hates change, right, to, like, offer this up. So what we're talking about is an expanded playoff in Major League Baseball. But that, that but, doesn't do it justice, right? right? right. When I say extended we playoffs, some... we just add some teams, right? Yeah. But this is not just adding teams. It's like if The Bachelor and the NBA All-Star Selection <laughs> and yeah, The it, Bachelor it's had really, a baby. It's like, yeah, it's really like high school students voting, right, on who their favorite person is. But yeah. like, okay, the so, so, so the, but the opposite. Least likely to succeed. Yes, yes. Whoever uh, whoever wins student of the year so, gets to, or the valedictorian gets to. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna finish my thought. You know, you know what I was going for. The, yeah, the valedictorian gets to choose who their opponent is in the debate or something like that, right? Yeah. I don't know. Um. Okay. So the the uh, the current format, right, is that there's uh, in each league five teams. That make the playoffs with the four and five teams being two of the wild card, the wild card teams that do a one game playoff. The winner goes on to play one of the to to play the the team with the best uh, record in their league. Okay, what the proposal is is to add two more, right? Two more wild card teams to so each three, league. So yeah, you'd have you'd have seven total. from each team. So fourteen teams total would make the playoffs. The four wildcard teams in each, so you'd have three division winners, four wildcard teams. Wait. The three division winners uh-huh. plus the four wildcard teams. Yep. The four wildcard teams would play each other in the first round? Is that how it would go? Or would they still have a play-in game? I think. Or is it just a one-game playoff? Is that they all do a one-game playoff? Here's the thing. Either way... Yeah, it's, the team with the the wild card team with the best record gets to choose from among the three other wild card teams which one they get to play. Is that is that what it is? Is it I the wild card teams? I thought it was the I thought it was whoever had the best record in the whoever had the best record. No, oh, that's man. not it. On the fly research. That's David. not it. The, but the, my whole point of all of this is you were just explaining it to me and you've read it and you and I've read it and I've read it too. Like we both read this during the day today when it first came out and people were talking about it. I still don't understand it all that much, right? You know, it's not. Yeah. It's so complex and so convoluted that we don't understand, right? Like the NHL just recently changed the way they do their playoff stuff, where it's like the top three teams in each division or conference or something like that. So it's not that complicated, right? It's just the top records and whatever plus tiebreakers and they, and they go. But this baseball thing is so convoluted and so like yeah, okay. weird that it doesn't here, make any here sense. Here are the highlights. Okay, so seven teams from each league make the postseason. The teams with the best record in each league get wild card round buys. It doesn't say how many teams. I guess the, the team with the best record. So, teams, so oh, okay, the team with the best record. Okay, yeah. so, so the number team, one overall seed from each league get do, doesn't play in the wild card round. Okay, they go straight to the divisional round. The two other division winners. And the top wildcard team hosts all games of three game series in a wildcard round. Okay, so you've got you've got the four wildcard teams and the two other divisional winners who aren't the one seed playing each other. The two division winners get to pick their wildcard opponents during a live broadcast. <laughs> who gets the rose, David? Except in this case, it's like... The garbage can. Oh. Ooh. Maybe you could hand him a Louisville slugger. Okay. Or a uh, baseball glove. Or a catcher's glove. 
So, or a catcher's mask. So the second, or an umpire's breastplate. The, the, Ooh, or a oh, cleat, mm. or a rosin bag. You need a lot of crap to play baseball. That was like a very. You small actually don't it. need it, but like they use a. There's a lot of stuff. Really, you just baseball players love their accessories. Yeah, yeah, you got to accessorize, right? I had a glove that I love. I love their flair. Uh, yeah, I, I, there's a glove that I love that I still have. It's a King Griffey Jr. signature series, and it actually has. It's now fitted to my hand, where it's got a little ridge. Where like the palm of my hand is, you know what I mean? And it's just perfect. It's like molded to my hand. And if I put on any other glove, now I'm like, ooh, get it away from me. But baseball players are weird like that. Like I just I had a student ask me today, yeah. are you su- are you superstitious? Like no, I don't believe in ghosts that kind of stuff. And said, so, but I won't step on the line. You're just a little stitious. I'm just a little stitious. I won't step on the line when I'm going to or from the field, right? <laughs> and if I got out, I would switch bats. Yeah. Even if I was just switching back and forth between two bats, if mm-hmm. I got out, I would switch bats. Mm-hmm. That's what I do when I'm bowling, when they're like bowling with a bunch of other people. I start using other people's balls, which can get pretty heated. Tell me more. Okay, so... But I really am interested in this whole balls thing. Okay, so when, when you're like an actual, like you're a good bowler. Like you've rolled like multiple really high games. Like 250 plus was like not unheard of for you, right? That's correct. Uh, my highest in a tournament was in the 270s. It's just, you have, you are really super talented at Thank stuff you. that you wouldn't expect, right? Thank you. Like you are a yo-yo master. We've mentioned that on the show before. Thank like you. you do yo-yo tricks that most people just can't even fathom. Yeah. They're unfathomable, which is a hard word to say. Say it. Say unfathomable. Do unfathomable. It. Oh yeah, at two miles an hour, anyone could do it. Jeez, get in a Ferrari and drive it in the NASCAR World Cup Champion Series of Racing and see if that goes down the way you're thinking. Anyway, what? But you're also a great bowler. What other little hidden talents do you have? Are you like a master lawn dart player? Like, would you destroy me at Connect Four? Like if Probably, I played sorry, but it has nothing to do with my skill. Um, what? Uh, <laughs> but explain to me this bowling etiquette thing. We're like you're bowling. I wrote a play in high school. Oh my gosh, I remember that. That got performed. It was really good too. I saw it twice and I laughed at it both times. Yeah. Uh, some of the acting was a little like, uh, but I had no control over that. I know, but the writing was superb. Do you still have the rights to that? Uh, yes, I mean. No one bought it from me, if that's what you're asking. But now we have a huge podcast audience. Maybe that your name's out there that's a little more. That's true. We could perform it live on our podcast. I could do the girl parts. Because I'm a better actor. That's the only reason. What? Yeah. I was the Oz. In the Wizard of Oz? Ever heard of it? Yeah. Just because your name's in the title doesn't mean you're the main character. That actually went to my sister-in-law, Amy Gardner. Now Lytle. So... You're talking yourself uh, up. Dorothy's so one-dimensional. And Oz wasn't? <laughs> He's got layers. Name, name two layers that Oz has. The surface and underneath. Anyways, back to baseball. No, no, no. Back to bowling. <laughs> what? Explain to me this bowling etiquette thing. We're like, okay, you have your ball. You're bowling yeah, your game. And right. then you take someone else's ball. Because like the layman bowler like me yeah, just goes and so uses the balls that I are mean, there. Usually it's not an issue. Because like, say you got four people on each lane. Okay, but they share one ball return, right? Um, so there's two lanes next to each other, one ball return, eight bowlers. Usually you throw your ball, whatever, you decide you want to use someone else's ball, there's only a one in seven chance it's going to be the person who's going to bowl right next to you, right? And so usually it's okay. But when that one in seven chance hap- happens, and let's just say that's what? Uh, 14%. David, check my math. I won't. Um, There's no meters involved, so I won't touch it. So let's just say that's the case. 
then it gets to be a little contentious because it's like you grab the technically no one owns these bowling balls unless you brought your own ball you never bowl someone else's owned ball and that's what i think was going on i thought no, you were no, taking no. someone's ball that they brought from home and oh, i was no. like bro that's like an unwritten rule but it's written in your heart you know you so then it is a written rule well in your heart with not ink but you call it a written thing it's an unwritten it's spiritually written in your heart so it's written you keep using the word written to describe this unwritten rule. But it's not on a sign. Who's the or lawyer in a constitution. now? Who's the lawyer now? Did that make you go through law school what you just did? Doesn't seem that hard. Did you if get I, accredited by a state? If I could beat you in an argument that easily about bowling balls. That wasn't that. an argument. Well, says you. <laughs> One of the best Monty Python skits of all time is a guy goes in um to pay for an argument like he wants to take argument classes right so he pays his money he they say okay yeah second door on the right whatever he goes in and um and then he starts he, he there's just one other person in the room he's like oh i'm here for the argument class he says no you're not <laughs> say, yeah, yes i am no you're not and then Don's on, oh, okay, he's arguing with me. But the whole time, all he does, the, the, like the teacher in the class, is just says the opposite thing of what the other guy's saying. He's like, and so the guy who paid for lessons is like, this isn't an argument, you're just disagreeing with me. No, I'm not. <laughs> it's really funny. Google Monty Python argument class. Ah, the wonderful podcast segment that ends with us saying, hey, YouTube this. Yeah, because I can't do it justice. Huh, so you're saying you're not a good actor? Interesting. No, I'm saying I don't recall every single word of the skit. You know who would recall something? An actor. You have to memorize many... lines, Anthony. Anyway, bowling balls. So I'm done with the bowling balls. When you were started talking about it, I thought you would take someone else's ball they brought from home no. and use it. And I was like, why would you do that? Why would you mess with another guy's bowling balls? No. But this makes sense. When you do go bowling, right, you have your own ball. Do you have two different balls? Like, like a, a lighter yeah, one? Yeah, if I'm in a tournament, I'm going to take... Uh, like a plastic bowling ball, which is like the kind you would get at the at the bowling alley off the racks, right? And then you would, I would also have a polyurethane bowling ball, which the it's, it's a softer ethylenes. it's a softer uh, uh, cover coating on the bowling ball exterior surface, David, and it soaks up the oil. And it, it, it's able to um, grab the lane, quote-unquote, so that you can get more hook out of it, okay? And the, the plastic ball with these heavy oil lanes will hardly um, hook at all. So those ones, the heavier ones, the plastic ones are better for picking up uh, spares. And yeah, stuff like if you that. have a spare, if you have a, a pin hanging on either edge, it's really hard to do. You have to really flatten out your throw if you're going to use a polyurethane ball. And ideally, you want to keep your your same throw on every shot. You just you move your body left or right depending on on where the pin is that you're trying to pick up. The the one exception really is like the ten pin because that's so hard. It's the one all the way to the right in the back. You. you if you have a big enough hook, you almost you have to change your throw. Yeah. No matter. I mean, sometimes you can get it just right, so you like ride the edge down, right? And yeah, I've done that a few times, but that's not that's not like textbook. Right. It's not ideal. Yeah. So were you a big hooker? Yeah, I mean, I hooked with the, with the best of them, David. When um, you know, when I was about that life. Yeah. 
I imagine, because you look like the type of guy that would be a really, really good hooker. Yeah. Like, I imagine starting way to the left and hooking. and it, Yeah, I can see you being a really good Yeah, I mean, guy. you have to pay your dues and learn learn the, the craft, you know. But um, once you get it down, once you put in the hours, the man hours. Yeah, put in the man hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're... It's almost like second nature. Sometimes you don't even realize you're doing it. So, so, so seven. First, first of all, yeah. Thank you for indulging my my ridiculous bowling question. You're welcome. But I, one of the weird things about about doing a podcast and uh-huh. stuff is people just hear what we talk about. Yeah. Like, but you, there, you're an interesting guy. Like, okay. I think you even dance a little bit. We won't get into Excuse that. Excuse me. Yeah. Right. Am I wrong about that? I think so. What do you think so? You, anyway, I could be. I could have been hypnotized and danced once. I guess I was there for that. I do remember that. Oh, I was. That's yes, right. I remember that. <laughs> I, yeah, you, you played that. Uh, I was hypnotized. You played. Hypnotized. Uh, you played uh, what's that song? Tequila? No. Uh, what's that song called with the drums? Yeah. You played that on your butt. Yeah. You played that on your butt like Yeah. You played that on your butt like bongo drums. Oh yeah. That was before you married my sister. Yes. That left a lasting impression on this guy who was three years younger than you. <laughs> you used to think I was so cool. Yeah. You were also hypnotized so hard that a guy put a penny in your hand and convinced you that it weighed a ton. Uh-huh. And you dropped to the floor and were incapable of lifting the penny up. Dude. It was insane. Do you remember any of that? My mind is so strong. Uh, <laughs> do you remember any of that? <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I, I remember that it happened, right? Um, and I remember... Uh, I remember before and after and like during i kind of remember it's almost like a third person memory interesting almost like a dream yeah yeah Hmm. well yeah like i like if i replay what happened it's i'm like looking at myself Mm. interesting as opposed to like looking out from myself was there a video of this did you watch a video of this afterwards never interesting so because if you had if you have this like third person memory of it maybe you're just conjuring up the videotape right yeah but no this is like straight up no it's like i knew mind. what happened but like um i guess i just so i pieced it together right i don't know so seven teams from each league may make the postseason. oh yeah baseball playoffs <laughs> okay so all that stuff we just uh-huh. talked about right. is less complex and less convoluted yeah. than what we're about to talk about with the baseball playoffs yeah to me at least so the two teams with the best records get buys yes first okay and so what happens in the first round You've got two other divisional winners. The two seed picks from the three wildcard teams who that which team they want to play. Okay, so let's say the Braves are the two seed because the Dodgers are the one seed, right? In the National League. Obviously. And let's say the Mets are the six seed and the Cardinals are the five seed and the Padres. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. And the Padres are the uh, what four seed. So, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do it either. <laughs> you broke me. The so, the, so the, the Braves would get to pick from among those th- three on live TV which one they want to face in the first round. Then the three seed picks from the remaining two wildcard teams. And then the, the, the four seed, the top wildcard, plays the, the other one. Yeah, the leftover. The leftover. Who, who supposedly is going to be the strongest opponent. But let's say that you feel like you have a really strong advantage against a specific team's rotation, even though they're the highest ranking uh, team that left to pick, right? Yeah. And you still, you, it, it opens up a lot of interesting opportunities when it comes to that stuff. But you know what else you could do? Hmm. You could field eight teams for either side and just play baseball games. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Can you imagine just playing and baseball these, games? Yeah, that would be weird. 
I don't know. I don't now, know. Now, how do so, they pick these teams, right? Like, I would have my ace pitcher go on the TV and throw a baseball at a bucket or at something that then exploded to reveal a baseball cap that had the team that we were choosing, right? Yeah, so like a reveal. Yeah. Like, like, a, like a pregnancy reveal, but yes, a playoff reveal. Yes, and so like you throw a baseball and it explodes in the colors of the team or It'd something like that. It'd be great if like he missed the pitch, right? And it explodes behind him like oh, on so many of those reveal videos. I think... Uh, or someone gets gets hit in the... Uh, you know, in the dad region. <laughs> I want to say it was Kirk Cousins who was doing a gender reveal thing and threw a football at, uh, that was supposed to explode, and he missed the target. It like, hit the ground in front of the target like 10 yards away. It was something like that. It was funny. But, yeah, you just described that. But <laughs> this could be interesting. Like, No, it interesting couldn't be. T- it's dumb. Interesting TV for that one time where it's okay. like, who do you pick and why? Awfully but, cringeworthy TV it could be. Yeah. Like, I'm... I'm not for this. It's just no. it's just weird, and some people have been saying that it'll re- it'll uh, discourage tanking because more teams what? get into the playoff. But you know what else would discourage tanking and get more teams into the playoff? Just expanding the playoff. Why do all this well, crazy stuff? And my opinion is like there's already too many teams in the postseason. This yeah. may be a I know probably not a popular take, but I think they should go just to the division winners, the three division winners. The one seed gets a bye. They're automatically in the league championship. Okay, Because unlike any other sport, baseball plays a rear ton of games. 162 games. Yeah. If you cannot prove you're one of the best three teams in the league after 162 games, why, why do you get to be in the playoffs? Because unlike every other sport, maybe football to some degree, but it's rare... But in baseball, it's like whoever's hot in September, October ends up winning it, right? It's like a random number generator. And, and so to me, and you know, this is maybe some like recent, you know, bad memories of the playoffs. Why? Know? What happened? But a team works so hard. They have like the number one seed, right? And all they show for it. At, at the end, in the playoffs, is they get to host one more game of a five-game series, which is a crapshoot. And if they for whatever, have one bad game and they're playing a team that's super hot, they're done, right? Like, it's not much of a reward, in my opinion. Whereas in basketball, there's a vast difference between the one seed and the eight seed. In football, typically, the higher seeds, especially the division winners are better than the wild card teams, right? You Every once in a while, every decade, you have a New York Giants, right? The wild card team who comes and knocks off everyone in, the, in their path, including the overall number one New England Patriots. But in baseball, it really almost, it doesn't, it almost doesn't matter what you've done over the regular season as long as you make the playoffs. And so I feel like the, the regular season is already devalued, and by adding more teams, you're further further devaluing what those teams have done over 162 games. So my proposal would be, let's have really exciting regular season, at least exciting last month, as three teams from each league are vying to win their division. Now, the, the argument could be, well, what if the Dodgers or whatever other team goes on an insane run in the summer and they're up 20 games going into September... Then it's boring. You're right. I mean, that's right. Like that happens in all the sports anyway. But but it happens. Yeah, that's right. And it would happen in the new expanded scenario, anyways. Right? There are always going to be teams that are out of it by August, 
right? They're it's, called the Padres. <laughs> and uh, they might be good this year. They got Tatis. Tatis Jr., right? He's a junior. Lots of good juniors in the league right now. Yeah. Uh, By that, I mean two that I know of. <laughs> so, because, I mean, how ba- baseball used to be is, like, the best team in each league, they just played for the World Series. That was it. Right, you win the pennant by winning the regular season, right? And then, then they, I think they added just slowly, like they've added the league championship series, then the divisional round, now a wild card, and now an expanded wild card. I feel like if if the if this is the cure for fixing quote unquote fixing baseball, um, I'm not sure what people are clamoring for is four more baseball games in October by teams that otherwise wouldn't have made it under the previous system. Right. Okay. I'm fine with expanding the playoffs. But if you're going to do that, let's shorten the regular season. Yeah. Right? And I think that would be better for the players. It would be better for the fans. And I think the the major driving force right now between uh, or, or behind 162 games a season plus adding more games in the postseason, these TV contracts, these baseball teams yeah. are, are pulling in are insane. Right? A lot of money. The, the Marlins sold for $2 billion. The Royals uh, sold for $1 billion. I mean, these these baseball teams are worth so much. And every game they play adds more uh, TV uh, revenue. And people are going to cite things like uh, declining attendance numbers. I mean, that's not how they make their money anyway. It's off the yeah. advertising and it's off of these TV deals. And what's interesting is the player reaction to this. Yeah. You would think players, because players make more money in the playoffs right players most players miss out on the playoffs though baseball playoffs is the most exclusive of any playoff in in north american professional or u.s professional sports football you get six from each side basketball you get eight hockey you get eight from each side baseball you currently get five if you count the playing game really four once you're in the wild card round and so um it's interesting that players have reacted so negatively to this Right, Buster only baseball analyst, reporter, journalist guy, says uh, one thing about the proposed playoff changes: they would give a better shot for small market teams to participate in October, offsetting some of the obvious money disparity or dollar disparity. Um, okay, yes, there would be more opportunities because there's more slots, right? But he's acting as if the teams couldn't otherwise like just spend more money on good players right and alex wood uh pitcher recently reacquired pitcher for the dodgers tweeted this the royals and the royals are probably one of the smaller clubs in the with smaller fan bases in in baseball right you've got like the pirates and and the royals who are always looked at like the poverty franchises right royals from the great state of kansas Uh, so he, Alex Wood tweets: The Royals just sold for one billion dollars. Oh, you said it wrong. Mm. Oh, one billion dollars. Holding the the pinky up to the oh, mouth. the pinky was key there. But the pinky was billion. super key. Billion with a B. Billions and billions. There is no dollar disparity. They there are rich teams and there are really rich teams. All are capable to sign and fill great rosters, yet choose not to. Cheap teams shouldn't be rewarded with the playoffs if they don't spend. And I fully agree. I mean, I happen to be a fan of a team that spends. It gets right up to luxury tax, sometimes over. But how would you feel if you grew up a Royals fan or a Padres fan or a Marlins fan, right? And you knew that 
if it got to July and your teams weren't competitive, fire sale, right? Selling off all the impact players, anyone who's got any kind of lengthy contract, you're gone. Um, because these owners look at the team as a way to make money. And not just make money, but make lots of money. Yes. Right? All of these... Okay, you have an owner of the Boston Red Sox who has billions of dollars, right? And they traded away Mookie Betts, a 27-year-old generational player, MVP, because they didn't want to be over the luxury tax. Like, he's, he's maybe over the last... Three years, the second best player in baseball. Compare, you know, only only less than Mike Trout, maybe. And they traded him away because of money, because of, of what would have amounted to a few like tens of millions of dollars extra if they're over the luxury tax for a guy who has billions and billions of dollars for a team that rakes in money, that prints money, and a guy that might be worth it. Because, like you said, he is one of the most talented players yeah. in baseball. And so I have to agree with Alex Wood that. It's not that these owners can't field better teams. It's that they choose not to. And that's fine. They own the team. They can do what they want. Um, Trevor Bauer. He's been outspoken. He's been outspoken. He says, (laughs) no idea who made this new playoff format proposal. But Rob, and this is Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball. But Rob is responsible for releasing it. So I'll direct this to you, Rob Manfred. Your proposal is absurd for too many reasons to type on Twitter and proves you have absolutely no clue about baseball. You're a joke. Whoa. That's a current player calling his current commissioner a joke. <laughs> yeah. This, so this so is... the players are obviously against, or at least the outspoken players are against this new format. And I imagine there's a lot of players that share Trevor Bauer's sentiments. They're just not vocal and they don't say it. More, more of them are private, like Mike Trout, who I've heard speak once maybe on a commercial. Yeah. And... Yeah, and I, I don't know. This going on right now, on top of the Astros cheating scandal <laughs> okay. and the players being furious about that, and on top of that, we still don't know the extent of the Red Sox cheating because they're still investigating. Yeah. Who knows what we're going to find? And we do know that, that Alex Cora pieced out. They, well, they forced him to piece out. They forced him to piece out. They fire him, <laughs> right? Or, or they mutually parted ways, quote-unquote, which is a way for uh-huh. them to say you're saving face, right? And then they get rid yeah, of that. No one mutually walks away. No one, no, uh, no employee walks away from millions of dollars doing the thing they love amicably. Right? Yeah. And then they get rid of Mookie Betts. They get rid of David Price, two of their biggest name guys and who have done a lot for the franchise last little bit, big part of their last World mm-hmm. Series in 2018. But... It's like they're fire selling and they're like bailing and all this stuff. We still don't know what's happened. I yeah. think it might be worse than what the Astros did because of the length of time it's taking and how decisively the organization acted to distance themselves from Alec Cora. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know one way or the other, but uh, it, nothing would shock me at this point, right? Isn't that sad that if they came out and they said we were wearing Apple watches around our biceps, <laughs> that would tell us like it would vibrate a certain like a number okay. of times yeah. for different pitches. That wouldn't surprise us, and that is sad. That's the state so, baseball's in right now. So since we're talking about the Astros, I just had to bring up. Uh, so Mike Bolzinger, possibly pronounced Balzinger, which was an, which would be a phenomenal name for a pitcher, but uh, he filed a lawsuit uh, against the Houston Astros. So he used to pitch. He pitched for a number of uh, professional teams, uh, but when he was on the Blue Jays in 2017, he had his worst outing of his professional career. 
and it happened to be against the Astros in Houston. Okay, so he goes in. It's his August fourth, twenty seventeen, and he was in the game for a third of an inning. That means he got one out. Okay, and in that third of an inning, he threw twenty nine pitches. Someone went back and watched the video, and they turned up the sound, and you could hear the distinct trash can banging on 12 of his 29 pitches. Dang. Almost half of his pitches, the batter knew what was coming, to lay off or to swing. Okay. In fact, after that game, he said, it's almost like they knew what was coming. Oh my goodness. He said he's, that? He's, he's, a guy, he's an off-speed guy. Mm. And an off-speed guy needs you to chase. Deception okay? is key. They're not going to overpower yeah. you with a high fastball. Okay, They're going to nibble at the edges and hope you chase. And 12 of his 29 pitches were identified before he threw them. He ended up getting lit up in that game for four runs on four hits, only recording one out. His ERA... Um, was already not great, okay? So let's just be clear about that. He wasn't having a good year. It was already plus six, and it went up from there. Um, but this was his last major league game. After this game, the Blue Jays demoted him back to the minors, and he never played another game in the majors. He would go on to play in Japan after that. Um, so he has sued the Astros. He's claiming unfair business practices, negligence, intentional interference with contractual and economic relations. Part of his lawsuit is demanding that the, the players return the $31 million that they received in additional compensation for their World Series win. Um, this is an interesting lawsuit. I mean, it's much different than like if a fan bet on a game, right, and lost out because of cheating, because the fan doesn't have, there's no connection nexus as we would call it between the fan and the game like there's no contract between the game and the fan the fan chose to voluntarily place money on some some exhibition they have no part of okay and that exhibition knows owes nothing to them okay the game owed integrity uh to mike bolzinger and there's legit he has a legitimate case that he was directly damaged because of both probably emotionally and definitely economically um, because of the Astros' actions. I don't think he wins this case. It sets a pretty bad precedent yeah, if he does. Because, I mean, they would basically have to have like a lot more evidence on the Astros for what they did. And they would have to have evidence within the Blue Jays organization that it was this performance that led to him being demoted. I mean, but there's, right? got, there's got to be a bro in the organization that would be like, yeah, man, we demoted him because of that. Just to help yeah, him out his case, right? Maybe, but I don't, you know, I don't know that the Blue Jays want to encourage uh, other players from taking this type of action possibly against them. But sure, there could, be, there could be that kind of evidence, right? And even if there were that kind of evidence, I still don't know that it, like, it's a winning case. But... If the judge allows it to go forward, and I really hope the judge does, then we'll get to discovery phase. Ooh, and, and what does that mean, Anthony? Tell them what discovery phase and discovery means. means that all your embarrassing little secrets get to come to the surface. All the emails about 
quote unquote code breaker, which is what the Astros uh, nicknamed their uh, their sign stealing uh, program. Well, that's their dark arts sign stealing. Their department. dark arts. Oh yeah. my gosh! In emails, they say that it's incredible. So all these emails, text messages, whatever else can be collected uh, from the teams in question will be collected and would be able to be reviewed by Mike Bolsinger and his, his legal team. And um, if this ever went to trial, it could be presented in public, essentially, right? Most, you, typically, a trial like this wouldn't be close to the public. So everyone could know, and things would be leaked as well, uh, everyone would know basically what was happening, to, the, what, to what extent it was happening, so basically, worst case scenario for the Houston Astros and Major League Baseball. Yes, and baseball wants this to go away. In fact, they definitely proposed the playoff expansion to, to take our... You're saying this is just like a flashy thing to distract this us? This is a distraction. Argue about this. Argue about this. Yes. Oh, baseball changing things. Oh, no. Oh, robot That's umpires. Right. That's robot right. Robot umpires and fireworks that, that explode from the ball if it's a home run. So be careful. Don't catch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just all these distractions. I'm surprised they're still not talking they about They intentionally netting. delayed the Mookie Betts trade so that we would talk about that instead of the Astros. Yeah, well, Ballzingers is <laughs> he's uh, making sure it stays in the consciousness, though. Yeah, so there, huh? again, I don't, I don't think I, I don't I don't know that I'm having can... a hard time. Can I just address something yes, real quick? Go ahead, please. I'm having a hard time speaking right now. Okay. The end. Great. I just had to apologize to the to the listener. Uh, sorry, so, mom. <laughs> so, if this goes forward, how many other? players come out and say, well, yeah, I had my worst game against the Astros that year too. And maybe I lost a million dollars because my ERA was this much higher. Like pretty soon they're going to start doing the calculations. What is ERA? They're going to take a bunch of samples and how does ERA come compute to salary your next year or arbitration if you're still in arbitration? Um, again, don't think he wins, but I think baseball and not, not MLB, but baseball wins if this case goes forward and if we get to find out exactly what happened and who knew what. Like That's the big thing for me. I think we kind of know what happened at this point. What we don't know yet is exactly who knew what, when, and to what extent and how much was actually run by the players versus the front office. Uh, yeah, I'm excited about this. This is exciting. Well, it, hopefully it doesn't get dismissed. That could be the, that's the worst thing that could happen. It combines three things that you love: the law, baseball, and intrigue. Okay. Everyone loves intrigue, Anthony. Are you gonna sit here and tell me you don't love intrigue? I, yeah, I guess I love intrigue. Like if I come in, I'm like, hey, Anthony, I have something intriguing to tell you. Wouldn't you be like, ooh, I tell would me? Probably be intrigued. There you go. 